When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome. It is Thursday afternoon. It's Haberman and Middlecoff. I'm Guy, and that's John, and this is our podcast and our YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. That makes you a sponsor of the show. We appreciate it when you hit that like button. When you subscribe, more people see it and help the channel grow. If you're listening to the podcast, that's great, too. You give us a five-star review. That's how you sponsor. Share it with people. Thank you very much. We're brought to you by, I saw you looking around, Tito's Handmade. Vodka. You got a, uh, I, I've got a cheers today. You got a cheers today? A Tito's I, cheers? I, I, I got a cheers. Okay. If uh, if my son, my unborn son was sitting right here and I was carrying him, I'd say, son, my dad used to tell a famous story that the guy he worked for was in the casino business. And over the years, he, he got to attend some dinners, like not a dinner with a hundred people, but like a dinner table with some famous people. One time he did it with Mickey Mantle. And the famous story was Mickey had about Eight drinks down before the fucking appetizers came out. Like the guy could drink. I would, t- but Mickey Mantle to his generation was like Brady meets Peyton Manning meets Michael Jordan. I mean, it was Mickey Mantle. I would tell my son that I've seen Mickey Mantle and he plays for the Phillies and his name is Bryce Harper. You see that guy? Yeah, I did. Did you see the highlights of that? That was and is what a legend. Tito's, cheers. To Bryce freaking Harper. Bryce Harper. What a badass. <clears throat> I was uh I got a lot of DMs from people because of last the other day when we talked, I said he was the greatest superstar since Griffey. And uh some people were like, Well, what you know, Otani, Trout. We talked about this on the last show. And I'm like Trout. But but this it's just I, I this is not about baseball reference, right? It's Trout? about star power. Well, tr- I mean, if we went baseball reference, you'd go, oh, my. oh I know that's the far horn. Oh! Well, no, it's just it's it's just doesn't factor in star power is all. Uh, Bryce is a star and he's a clutch star and he does it in the biggest moments. He like Bryce would be wasted at most on in most markets. Like the fact that he does what he does in Philadelphia, where it's really hard to do it, makes him five X what he would be playing for most baseball teams. Right. Um did you see his press conference last night? No, what did he say in his press well, conference? Well, like the clip, I, I didn't watch the press conference. I saw the clip. He's like, I love playing in this park in front of these people. How could he fucking I lo- not? I love the pressure, the intensity, and everything about this. How? I mean, how could he not? He has is, he is slayed one of the toughest giants <laughs> to slay, right? Become a fan favorite in Philadelphia. And he does it, you know, in the postseason. Mike Trout's played three postseason games. Not Well, I think if, if they go on to win it, and if they beat the Braves, it's it's opened wide up for them to make a run to be a champion. Yeah. He'd have a chance to be, I mean, on the Mount Rushmore Philly athletes. 
with Rocky. I don't know. I, yeah, it'd be Rocky. It'd be uh, the dudes that Tony, own Tony Tony. and Geno's. Uh, yeah, it'd be Doug Peterson slash Nick Foles. Foles. It wouldn't be Foles, though. Gino That's the Pat- weird part about that Eagles team. It was more like a team yeah. than it was, you know, an individual. Uh, I feel like Jason Kelsey. <laughs> He's on the podcast to rush more. Um, that's a good one, John. That's a good. That's a good cheers. I'm rooting for Bryce in this postseason. Personally, I'm rooting. I, for I was also thinking about this last night. Tito's to him again, sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. That I think it's you know one of the great all time baseball signings of our lifetime is obviously Barry Bonds. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the Giants signed him, and it's like it couldn't have gone any better. I mean, they didn't win a championship, but in terms of a signing, he gave them way more than they paid for. Right in terms of relevance, ROI, the whole thing. It, Back then, I think the number was like fifty million dollars or whatever, which was a ton in '93 or '94. Now you got to pay. You know, starting with the A rods, you're talking started at the 200, 300 million range. It's gone pretty well, right? The MVPs, the clutch hits, the the jerseys, the just the. I'm, I got buddies with the Eagles that are that are just. It's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got a. Uh, I'm going to give a Tito's cheers to something you and I were talking about before we started the stream, which is. Uh, Players ripping players. Um, Rodney Harrison got a lot of flack the other day for trying to get Chris Jones to say that Zach Wilson sucks. Garbage. Shady McCoy called Dak ass. Uh, and, um, you know, people don't like to see players rip other players, apparently. I thought we were paying them to be analysts. What was the other one that actually started this conversation? Who was the player? Uh, rip uh, Dante Whitner says Dak oh, yeah. sucks. Dante Whitner says Dak sucks. Um uh, any of us, not any of us, but uh, getting the players who are good on TV is a lot harder than just getting the guys who can produce the stats and tell you what the stats say, which is also a valuable tool. But getting players on television to just talk the way they actually talk as players when they talk shit to each other is awesome, right? That's part of what makes NBA on TNT. Like Charles says stuff about players and isn't afraid because he has – Part of it is he's Charles, right? He's a, he was a superstar. He's high up on the mountain. He's high on the totem pole, Shaq, whatever. But, like, players know that there is this, to some, this unwritten code where players can't, once you go into the media, you can't. No, your job, you're getting paid to give us your opinion. So yeah. what are we paying uh, you to do? I, 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 for one, even at the time, did not have a big problem with Rodney Harrison because he was acting like a player. So that's what he is. Like, I got Tony Dungy to act like a coach. I got whoever, right, coach Tony Dungy says nothing. I mean, well, you know I got, we had enough of that. So Jason Garrett, guy up there acting like a player is great. So cheers to that. <laughs> I like your Jason Garrett impression. Tito's handmade vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, forty percent alcohol by volume, namely eighty proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. That's why I like. Uh, I feel like whenever I see KG and Paul Pierce sitting down somewhere high. They're always willing to talk a little shit. Like, it's just, yeah. you know, when, when you get some of these other NBA podcasts that kind of beat around the bush, you just get those guys kind of leaning back in their chair. I'm like, they're about to talk some shit. That's all I want. That's all I want. That's all I want. Just just fucking let it rip. But it's like, not, listen, it's I respect like McAfee, and McAfee's become a rock star. He, he ain't a big shit talker. Like, th- that show is not, you know, just dragon players well yeah but he i mean what's that's fine but you don't need not every show has to be that 
No, I know, but they're able to like they they'll take the headline, but then he'll just kind of go yeah. around it all. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, he, it's he's always, actually pretty talented at doing that. It's all well. He's got his crew that they can adjust some of the tough things, and it's always like. I don't want to ruin the possibility of getting this person on the show, right? Yeah. I don't know what it feels like the Mac. Or he'll bring on, like, that's the best part about Rogers being his guest. Like, Rogers will talk the shit. Yeah. Stephen A does it, obviously. Uh-uh. Stephen also, A, like, to me, the, the thing that's exhausting there, it's like they just go back and forth with other media people. Like, oh, I don't care. What do you mean? It's like St- Stephen A first Marcellus Wiley, first oh. Jason Whitlock, goes back at Dan Lebitard. It's like, ah! I just watch the clips. I don't care about the. I'm not watching two hours of it. <laughs> Me either. But I mean, I just see the clips of them talking shit about each other. Um. All right, John. Where should we begin? Oh, you had a good stat. You want to start with that stat? Yeah, I was just uh, going for a little stroll and uh, had on the GM shuffle with Femi Abenefe and Michael Lombardi. And Lombardi dropped the nugget, and he's, I would imagine, told this nugget by this guy because he's very close friends with Jim Schwartz. Who once went you calling from, uh, Jim Schwartz a self promoter? Uh, yeah, I mean it's just, but he's he's good at his job. Uh, he's kind of a crazy sob. That Kyle Shanahan as a coordinator is one and eight against Jim Schwartz in his career. And if you go back to you know Kyle's f- most famous moment as a coordinator, which I would say faulted him as a coaching candidate, not that he wasn't probably in the mix, but I'm just saying solidified he was going to get a job was the Matt Ryan MVP season when they were beating the crap out of people. And if you go back to that season, the Eagles, who I think went 7-9, and nine, they won the Super Bowl the following year, uh, they, beat, they held him to 15 points, and they lost the game. And it was the lowest points they scored that year was 23. And if you look at their schedule in 16, the Matt Ryan MVP season, it's a lot of 33s to 40s. I mean, they were, they were potent. <laughs> and that was a season, and that was a team – uh, and it's more a coordinator, you know. He's historically a wide nine guy. Uh, I, I think they've kind of meshed that a little bit. Then you know, but the wide nine, in my opinion, like two thousand when I was with the Eagles, it felt like they were at like the fifteens. It was like the wide fifteen. I, I mean, they were way out there. It feels like they've come. You know, the Forty ers don't feel wide ninety. They don't. I mean, they, they they don't feel as. It's definitely been modernized. I, I think that term might as well get thrown out. The nine is just outside, technically, the tight end. You know, it's just the numbers are just based on zeros over the center, and you just work your way out one, two, three, four, five, right? The evens are head up. So it's just you can't – a nine can technically be out by the slot receiver, and that's when I – when I think wide nine Philadelphia, that was it. It's changed. Also, when you have the Boses, the Garretts, the Alden Smiths, it's, it's a little different because they are total, you know, package players. But it is, I saw people in the chat that, you know, I, Josina just tweeted that Deshaun, you know, is probably out this week. And well, I he's think, officially out. He's officially out. Well, I don't know if it's official, but he's out. So I don't know if she tweeted it or they announced it, but he's out. So that went from three weeks ago for him being a game time, I guess two, two and a half weeks ago or whatever, because they've been a bye. They're a defensive team. Right, and two weeks ago when he was out, and I think they played the Ravens, uh, it was like all oh, their defense can just you got to hold it tight. And DTR got overwhelmed, and the defense it didn't even matter. And Lamar kind of went MVP ish a little on them. This week they're not going to DTR; they're going to PJ Walker. Credible story, right? 
but this is a Jim Schwartz defense. Like, if they're going to win this game, it to me would have to be like seven seven at half, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And Miles Garrett causing havoc, the corners causing havoc. Their defense just looked like everything we thought the Cowboys were going to be last week, but this. That's right. I mean, when you watch them, to me, they what's impressive about the Browns defense, I think, versus the Cowboys defense is part of what makes the Cowboys defense or made them so good coming into the game was their takeaways, right? Niners now are tied with the Bills for the NFL lead with eight interceptions, but the Cowboys are second. The Browns have only forced three turnovers this year, one interception and two forced fumbles. That is not, you know, that that is a stat that is terrifying for an offense, but it's also, it's got a, it's a little, it can be a, a, a little, uh, it's like major league relief pitchers. One year you're great at it, the next year you're not. It can be a little bit of a misleading stat depending on, how good your defense actually is. So when you watch the Browns, <clears throat> like they're pretty aggressive. They're, t- they're really talented. They can stop the run. They have very good corners. To me, they are a more intimidating defense than Dallas's defense. Um, and part of it is that as good as, and Micah Parsons is excellent, but Miles Garrett is like 40 pounds heavier than Micah Parsons, right? He's a different challenge this week in the run game and in the pass game. He's humongous. He's massive. And I think they are probably a more sound, solid defense. And I think the stati- the the turnover stats kind of reflect that. Like sometimes the takeaways and the defensive touchdowns can make it look more impressive than it is. And as long as you keep getting takeaways, then it's great. That's who you are. But if you play in a game where you don't get takeaways, like Dallas just did, you look like a different team. Let's not Cleveland. Cleveland doesn't need Brock Purdy to throw the the ball to them in order for them to be an effective defense. They listen to what they've done, John, against the four quarterbacks they've played this year. So you mentioned Lamar. Lamar was 15 of 19, 15 of 19 for 186, two rushing touchdowns. Uh, they didn't really need him to throw the ball. Uh, with it any- was like 21 to three. If I remember, I was watching the game at halftime. It felt over at half with DTR. It was. You're right. Their offense was so irrelevant in that game. Yeah. The other three games, so Joe Burrow. Preseason. I know. Joe Burrow, Kenny Pickett, Ryan Tannehill. Burrow, 14 of 31, 82 yards. What week was that? One. So, so he, he, was was a shell, he was a shell of himself. Yeah. Kenny Pickett, not good. 15 no. of 30, 222. Tannehill, 13 of 25, 104. If you're thinking like, all these sound like 50% QBs, 48.8%, 69 passing yards per game in the first three. That's great. Those are not real numbers. <laughs> like that's just that's not what a defense does over the course of 17 weeks and it's not what this defense is going to do over the course of 17 weeks. But well they, they do have a pretty unreal combination of a D-line and corners. That, that's right. No, it's 100%. But they're good. And and like I said, what's imp- what what Brock and Kyler up against is uh a defense that doesn't have to turn you over in order to slow you down, which is I think I'm not going to say it's tougher than a defense that turns you over, but it's got it's just a little more real. There's a little more meat to this Cleveland defense, I think, than the Dallas defense. And here's one other factor. Kyle, to me, Kyle versus Dan Quinn is just – I think that we've seen that over time. Kyle just owns – Kyle's going to win that battle every time. As you said, yeah. he's taking Brock now. Brock's kind of got to help Kyle out because Kyle's shit doesn't, hasn't worked against Jim Schwartz. So Brock's got to be his – Brock's got to be kind of the separating factor for Kyle this week. Yeah, I mean, I the weather's going to get weird. 
and I think it's weird a lot of places in the country, the Northeast and even the South, the winds are supposed to be crazy. It's going to rain. Uh, that is one area, and this is why the Niners can win anywhere, right? If they're not the one seed and the Eagles are, they can go on the road and the win, and vice versa. Like the Eagles, the way they're built, can go on the road and win. Great defenses, and like you said, if we're assuming, I think it's fair to say that this defense is better than the Cowboys' defense, especially once the Cowboys lose digs. Hell, I saw Van Der Esch is on IR. Like their defense is going to become much more pedestrian. Uh, it you actually, I, I would say the great deep. Like when I think of like, have you ever seen like just flipping through the channels, seen like that? Uh, the the Ravens defense did like some thirty for thirty like town hall. No, it's like Saragusa, Ray Lewis, and a, but those guys like yearn for the weather to turn shitty. Yeah, you know that, that's what a defensive guy like. Th- they don't look at it like golf or baseball. They they don't want it 88 degrees and sunny. Like they, they yearn for it to be 40 degrees, ugly. Like we're going to beat the shit out of you. So the better your defense is, the better I think you have a chance in sloppier games. I also think they have a better chance if it's a sloppy week with a backup quarterback. And who knows even how good Deshaun is in 2023 anyway, than they would if it was just – a 74 degree day in early cool. October in you know Cleveland, Berea, Ohio. I guess the the practice facilities in Berea, the games in Cleveland, and it's you know five mile an hour winds. Just a beautiful day. Like I I think that's a huge advantage of the Niners. If it gets ugly, it just neutralizes team strengths, and the Niners team strengths run after the catch, right? I mean, it just it just helps them. Yeah, it closes the talent gap, right? Yeah, it it would for any opponent. But Cleveland's talented on defense. They I, I, I thought when I saw the P.J. Walker got subbed in for this game, signed off their practice squad. They used to have Josh Dobbs. Remember that? They saved a million and a half by trading him because um, they're in the position where they have to save money. Uh, so they signed P.J. Walker off the practice squad. Even though DTR had been their number two quarterback, I, I don't know that P.J. Walker – I mean, P.J. Walker's seven starts. He's four and three, beat Brady last year beat the Bucs when he was on the Panthers, played for Steve Wilkes. But I just, for them, like, to me, the game gets a little more questionable when they when they go to a guy who's played NFL games versus a rookie. Like, I, I just think it doesn't mean they like P.J. Walker ultimately more than DTR, but this game for DTR would just be a, a rookie quarterback in this situation. It's just a really bad spot to put him in. So when they go to P.J. Walker, I immediately go, okay, that's, I wouldn't have, if I were the Niners, I would have preferred they stayed with the rookie. Well, if, they, if DTR played, I, I think it's like a 99% win probability. There's under no circumstances, unless like seven Niners get hurt on the first drive, they could win the game. <laughs> I also think sometimes it's enlightening. And I think fans and even front offices are right to be like, play Aiden O'Connell. Remember when Jimmy was hurt? Play yeah. DTR. Right when Deshaun Watson goes down, it's a no-brainer to everybody. And then the game happens. You're like, ah, didn't quite look like I thought it would. Remember, I, I was like, you're going to play Brian Hoyer, not Aiden O'Connell. And then about a couple series in, you're like, this is a lot going on for Aiden O'Connell. And a lot of number four jerseys uh, on the rack in Vegas, by the way, though, where I was this this week. Saying Carr or O'Connell? Uh, O'Connell. <laughs> so it's just, I, I think rookie quarterbacks can be really overwhelmed really fast. And honestly, he could go on to have a good, solid career, but... Wouldn't you imagine that Raven game, they realize, like, we can't play this. We can't start this guy if we have to win. 
I think PJ Walker starting this game if they're playing the Niners or they're playing the Carolina Panthers, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, the, 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 I don't think the opponent changes their opinion on DTR. I can't play him in a regular season game. It's just a lot going on. That would be my educated guess. They're not going to publicly say that, but you look completely overwhelmed like that. <clears throat> the preseason, and this goes back to the conversation that everyone had around here with the 49ers, it's how irrelevant that is once regular season games start. I got a DM the other day. They're like, everyone in the preseason was saying this guy in the Chiefs, Justin Ross, how great he was. Then the regular season starts, their receivers need help, and he can't play. And I'm like, because in the preseason, you're just running the same 20 plays over and over in the in the preseason game against a defense that is just running the same two or three defensive calls. Where in the regular season, you're taking all your plays, and then every single play, you're adding elements off them, what they're going to do as they're tweaking things. There is a million moving parts in the regular season that aren't in the preseason. So you can get overwhelmed. It's just like, I, wait, I don't even know what to do. And it's why a lot of coaches get hesitant. It gets back to what Dion says. Like, why am I not playing this guy? Because you guys should see him in fucking practice. You've got no clue what's going on. I can't put him out in the game. And maybe there's a chance Bright Lights goes on and just clicks. Coaches do not risk that, ever. No, and that, that can work once, but it usually doesn't work five weeks in a row, right? Well, DTR was like throwing if, ropes against the same defense over and over, which yeah. did look impressive when he was doing it. But then he plays a real team, and it's he feels but, like the sixty fourth best quarterback. At least PJ Walker. If you're the if you're the Browns, you're trying to make the playoffs desperately. So he's a guy that knows how to play in an NFL game. Right, yeah, he's played yeah. he seven starts is not nothing. He's practiced against the Steve Wilkes defense. Maybe there's something to that, right? Uh, when he was in Carolina, I also think like you and I were talking before we started the show about Dak's salary. I think part of it probably. They're paying Deshaun Watson $50 million almost. I think they probably rolled the dice and went, what's the cheapest backup quarterback we can get? We'll put that person behind Deshaun and hope that Deshaun doesn't get hurt. They didn't sign P.J. Walker until – I got to go back and look. I think it was like the beginning, maybe the maybe end of the month of September. So maybe they would have started somebody else two weeks ago. He just hadn't been on the team long enough. You know, I don't think that them playing DTR was evidence they thought DTR was ready necessarily. I think they went into the year with a $46 million quarterback. That's why they traded Josh Dobbs to save a million and a half dollars. If they were worried about this guy getting well, hurt. Well, it's, it's also value, right? You got a million and a half backup. Someone offers you a fourth, you know, fifth, yeah. sixth round pick. I'm all for it. I'm just saying, I think they just rolled the dice that Deshaun wouldn't get hurt and Deshaun got hurt. And now they had to yeah. scramble. I, if you ask them today, if they have a redo, they would have kept Josh Jobs and made DTR their third quarterback. With well, $46 right? million quarterback, you don't get to have a, a quarterback no. that's ready to step in and win the NFL games. You just don't, you're not, no. it doesn't work. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's easy to go Monday morning quarterback. They would like a re, they would love to have Josh Jobs last two weeks ago and then this week. But this gets back to the owner forcing them to give, give the guy $230 million. You're just, you're kind of all in. And this is a thing. This is where the Niners are kind of lucky. They're not all in on anybody. I mean, they are on Purdy, but financially they're not. Once you go all in, it's why the moment when you're watching a Chiefs game, when you're watching one of these games, and the guy just rolls an ankle and he's kind of hobbling, you're like, that'd be a major problem. Aaron Rodgers over the years, right, has had some injuries, obviously this year, but even back in Green Bay days. It's what makes it kind of so unique about Tom 
beside the torn ACL, he never, he was just always there every fucking game. Yeah. So it's like you just, that position, let's face it, there are more than enough questions whether Deshaun Watson is still like an upper echelon quarterback. And right now he's clearly not, but like, is he ever going to get back to being like a top eight quarterback? And two, if he's not, like if he's just hovering around like 14, you're kind of fucked. That's if he's playing, <laughs> let alone how you have to build the squad. Because I was thinking about the Cousins thing. Part of the problem with Cousins is his price point now is so high that even whoever signs him this offseason would have to give him less. You know, he's 35 years old. Let's say I got to give him two years, $84 million, and guarantee 75, 70 of it. He just takes up a lot of my space, you know? And that that changes the way you do everything. You got to get lucky with some draft picks. And then he just has to be on the field. Like, ultimately, if Bosa rolled an ankle, missed three games, like, you can build around it. You could bet on Trent. You, you can, your quarterback goes down, you're just fucked. You are so screwed once you pay him the amount it costs to pay him because of how you build the backup room. What if two quarterbacks go down? And you end up on Brock Purdy. Then you just get Brock Purdy and you just start rolling. <laughs> like, I think for Brock to win, like to me, Brock beating the Browns this week with an efficient game, I don't want to keep moving the goal, the bar or whatever it is. But like, this is a different game than playing Dallas at home. A team that you know you own, the second you start kicking their ass, they know they're about to get their ass kicked. Cleveland's different in a sense. Tough, ugly environment. Yeah, on one hand, like, they're the Browns. But on the other hand, they're kind of... They are this group of that Dallas group, I think, is scarred for all all the expectations on them, all the pressure on them. I think this Browns team's a little different, a little more chip on their shoulder, I would say, out of this Cleveland team. Now, they're just not as good on offense. Like when you watch them, it's not just the quarterback, the running backs. They got Amari, but it's like, you know, in Joku, I don't know if he's going to play, John. He played a couple weeks ago, but he had the, the backyard. Bonfire, Fire? injury, yeah. burned his face. I guess he, I guess I he played with a mask on the Saw other day. Um, Joel Batonio, their left guard, hasn't practiced all week. Their center's banged up. I just Chubb's leg snapped. Yeah, Chubb's out. <laughs> um, so this that really backup's is, not bad, actually. But no, but this really is like to kind of the, the second year guy to Cincinnati. That guy, yeah, Ford Notre Dame transfer, I think. Um, it really is not to repeat the same thing, but to me, even though Dallas had all the takeaways, this is actually a little more of a, to me, like the Cleveland, the Browns defense to me scares me a little more in terms of, do they get a Brock pick this week because of the weather? This is the game where I think it hurts you more than that game. Um, why, why, why do the Niners have so many picks? You think? Cause not all of them are with the guys in stride. I think it's because they're playing but with they're, the lead. They're tipping balls. I think yeah. the linebackers tip a lot of balls. I think there's a huge element of, the most it can be some hesitation over the middle, knowing you might get rocked. Rel- this isn't John Lynch, 96, but this is Fred Warner, Drake Gulen, Lon Hufunga, guys that will hit you really hard. And I, I do think that maybe step up, or, you know, you're, you're less likely to really just kind of lay it out over the middle in terms of a wide receiver. You just, if you're, you know, if, if we do a car analogy, if you're going 20, you're probably like, oh, I'm going to go about 17 here. And that's the difference of like, fingertips and palms and even if i catch in my palms it goes down if i hit the fingertips and fred's right there it goes up that's why i feel like some of the niners the tips go up and then their guys are sitting right there and they just basket catch it 
And then obviously they've had some just fall right into their. How about the the non-interception against the Cowboys, the Mooney Ward sideline ball, where it looked like on the PBU, he tried to bat it back in the play. That was an impressive play. That was sweet. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. By the, the way, thing about this this weekend yeah. is Cincinnati's got their groove back. So you win. 
Seattle's going at Cincinnati. That, that's a tough game if Cincinnati's playing well. Mm-hmm. And do the Rams on a bye? No, Rams play the uh, Cardinals. Okay, so that's – but the Rams already got a couple losses. But, like, all of a sudden Seattle, you know, you look, you're just 6-0. and All these teams have two losses, and we know they're going to have more. I mean, they're more likely to be 11. Seattle's more likely to be 11-6 than 13-4, right? And if they go 11-6, they've had a fantastic year. But you start losing some games like this, you know, it's a, it's a big swing. Because all of a sudden you're for the Niners – you get Minnesota next week. Justin Jefferson's out. Right. Like you're looking at seven and zero really fast, and they're the type team. Like they're going to be on a season. Remember last year by a, by about end of October, everyone's like, "Look at the Eagles' schedule. Like, are they going to lose?" And really, the only reason Jalen got hurt, and it, remember they had that like they lost a couple games late, beside the Washington Monday night game, which was a legit loss. But like they were just kind of on cruise control. The Niners, you get to a point, I mean, you're going to, are they winning this division in early December? <laughs> yeah. When do they Start play? looking at the schedule, it opens up. I mean, what if they win this game, which is I, I do think is going to be hard. They're, they're going to have a game where it's 10-7 and half, right? And they're a big favorite here. It just feels likely that it's going to happen. What, but let's say they win this game, regardless of like whether they win by three or ten, whatever. They just look solid. They win the game. What are they next week at Minnesota? A ten-point favorite? No Justin Jefferson? Yeah. I was going to say like Feels eight a little or nine, high. but yeah, I was going to say like eight and a half. I guess it would depend. Minnesota plays Chicago this week. You know, I'd say with Jefferson, they're winning that game without him. Maybe it gets weird. Maybe fields start running around. You lose that game. Minnesota's one and five. Everyone's talking about them kind of tanking. The Cousins trade talk will only grow, even though it's like, where is he going? <laughs> there's not, there's a lot of trade dice. One, he's got a no trade clause, which if you're him, it actually does not, like you're going to put up good numbers whether Jefferson's in or out, right? So it behooves you to decline you're not going to go be someone's mercenary knowing if it goes shitty that they won't give a fuck about you and you'll ruin some of your value. Just go put up numbers. No one's really blaming you. I, I actually think he's more likely to probably decline anyone. And I don't even know how many people would be willing to trade for him. The other thing, if you're Minnesota, you're not trading him for anything less than a third because someone this offseason would give the two for 70 or whatever, right? Right, right. Which is an immediate third round compensatory. So... What team is trading you a, a third? It doesn't exist. And even the one that might exist, if your cousin's like, do I want to go to Atlanta? Do I really trust the situation? Is it even worth it? I mean, Atlanta hosts the Commanders this week. If they win the game, they're four and two. Would you do that if you were him? Yeah, I'd go play. I'd go play for that coach. And then you know, hey, they might just resign you for a couple years, and you yes. help them. I would go to like to me that, that would be the that would be the one spot that makes a little sense knowing that that coach resurrected Tannehill if he wants you he kind of likes an athlete though Tannehill Mariota Ritter can move yeah that's true Tennessee they're shitty though have the, and they don't have the money well they if they win at home this week they're three and three but are they going to be the Ravens also they don't have like you're not no. you go they're go throw to DeAndre Hopkins. They don't really have receivers, you know, so that's not a good fit. Commanders, um, 
not going back there. No. Yeah. There's only two games in the league this week that are winning teams against winning teams. And those if games... I, if, I, if, I would, if I would have told you a year ago, Jimmy's free agent year, he's injured, like at this point in time, the season's kind of weird. Cousins is going to be purely available. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, ah, I bet the Niners are going to be all yeah. over him. <laughs> it, you wouldn't have guessed it would take till October. <laughs> would have traded for him week two. I love Purdy, man. Uh, two games between winning teams this week. Colts-Jags. That's a matchup of winning teams. Lions Bucks is the other matchup of winning teams uh week six in the NFL. That's it. Those are the two. There are several like fourteen point spreads. Really? Well, the Panthers played the Dolphins at Miami. Okay. Sunday night football is probably Tyrod Taylor and the Giants right. against the Bills at Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I think those are combined. 27 and a half point spreads. Wow. You think uh, that's going to be a tough post game meeting for Frank Reich and the owner. See that. Clip I, of I Frank? actually think one of the better games this weekend is Seattle at Cincinnati. That's a good morning 10 a.m. game. I think. Yeah. I mean, cause you're right. Cincinnati's two and three, but they're not a two. They're better than that. The version of get them off a bye. They, they, if Cincinnati wins that game, they get to their bye at three and three before they visit the Niners. That's a good Niner game. It is. Where's that game? Santa, uh, Santa Clara. Actually, it kind of belongs in primetime. What does the Niners buy? Uh, after after that, that, week nine. So. At Jacksonville? I wonder if the Niners... Do you think they're coming back? They just stay somewhere out there. Probably stay in... You think well, they fly the, back and then go back to Minnesota? The Bengals game's at home. No, no, no. But I'm saying, like, at Cleveland, at Minnesota... I, oh. I would guess they probably just stay in Ohio or something, don't you think? At the team, team uh, Ohio HQ. Yeah, just Eddie's house. Did the Bartolo still have some land out there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the one thing is the Vikings game is Monday Night Football. Would that affect your willingness to stay out there? It's like two more days if you don't get back. Wait, the Vikings is Monday Night Football. Yeah. I mean. That's a flexible Monday night game, isn't it? Does anyone want to see? That? I mean, I, uh, no, they can't flex Monday the Monday night, night games till week thirteen. That is, I mean, it's a weird Monday night game. Bengals Niners would be much better on Monday night football. Way better. I don't like wasting a Monday night game on a team that's going to be drafted in the top five. It sucks. Uh, David on the stream says Niners confirmed they're not staying out there. Maybe Minnesota's like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, I wonder right. if the that, Monday that night... Is a, that, that is a long time. It's Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Randy Gregory, John. You Have we talked about Randy Gregory? I don't have think you we have, really. I don't know. Well, because he got, he got traded to the team on Friday, and then he didn't play or anything, so he was a little out of sight, out of mind, and then he re-showed up Monday, and obviously we've just talked about the Cowboy yeah. game. Like, he was just... He wasn't really in the conversation beside the trade, and then he immediately disappears because it was like the Cowboy game was about to happen. That's right. Right. Um, I don't know if you and I talked about it then, but I I did a video when he was when it was reported he was going to get cut. Obviously, that didn't happen. That Sean Payton was not happy with his effort in training camp. Randy Gregory met with 49ers media uh, yesterday, and he kind of said like he alluded to 
him and the coaching staff not being on the same page. He also said in training, training camp was hard for him getting his legs back coming off the injury last year. So maybe he would say, well, yeah, Sean's on my ass saying I wasn't working hard. Well, Sean, I'm coming off an injury. I'm getting myself up to speed. Um, Greg Papa said on radio on Thursday that Randy Gregory lined up offside six times in 49ers practice on Wednesday. So that's obviously a concern. But uh, Remember, he had about four in the playoff game a couple years ago. I'll tell you what, though. When you see the guy, when you just see the guy, you're like, you know, you don't Nick Bosa doesn't go to like a high school camp and teach everybody about pass rushing in a way that like those people can then take Nick Bosa's advice and work on some yeah. stuff and become Nick Bosa. But, you know, we've always talked about there uh, there's just a talent level that this Randy Gregory has that you normally don't acquire for free basically. The veterans minimum swap picks uh at this point in the year. So it's it does have the chance to be special. What's your take? His 2022 was interesting because he resurrected his career in 21. He was just a good player. The Cowboys wanted to keep him. The Broncos kind of overspent on him. His 22 on the Broncos was after signing a five-year, $70 million deal. He obviously hurt his knee and went on injury reserve. He also got into a post-game fight with the Rams he got suspended. He had to apologize. I mean, he is a little bit of a roller coaster. Like, he's one of your classic Jerry Jones projects that kind of hit because he is really talented. The Broncos did the classic, we're going to cut him. This happens a lot in training camp and then hoping someone would just give you a sixth or seventh round pick for the yeah. guy. And that's yeah. what the Niners did. But I have. I hesitate with this type of stuff. Like, one of the things you hang your hat on right now is cohesion, team character. Now, I, maybe they would say, at the first moment's notice, anything gets weird, we will cut this guy without hesitation. Which might be fair, but I, I do think there's some risk involved. So, if you had done, if we had played the guest John's take on this, because <clears throat> when, when they signed him, I think I did a video on YouTube, uh, or right before I, I did too, so I can't remember which was which. But my take was basically this guy's not their he's not their type of guy. Like just fundamentally, based on when you tell me Sean Payton thought he wasn't working hard in camp, that's not their type of guy, right? On the other hand, the flip side of that is they have built such a strong team that no individuals coming in from the outside and messing up their mojo, right? No one's going to screw with their chemistry if they come in and don't act right, especially on defense with Chris Kacarek's defensive line. So from that standpoint, you could say they're actually really well positioned to kind of quote unquote, take a chance on them because it doesn't cost them anything. Like you said, if it's not working, it's not working. Goodbye. They're not in a position right now where they need him today. Like they're adding him for depth, but right now today, they're not in a desperate spot on defense, right? So they don't have to, if he does something wrong late to a meeting, I don't know, whatever, they don't have to overlook it because they don't need him right now. They really could use him, but they don't need him right now. So, I mean, part of the benefit that you get when you build a sound team and a sound organization with leaders and clearly understood roles and all that is you can take a chance that a bad organization you know, can't take. I, you know, I've said it to you a lot. 
basketball teams don't bad basketball teams don't have role players. Nobody wants to play a role on a bad basketball team. Everyone wants to shoot. Good teams have role players. Well, Randy Gregory went from Denver, where he was like one of their star signings. Probably would have been an even bigger story if they hadn't gotten Russell, because uh, Russell overshadowed a lot of it. To now, he comes in and he doesn't have to be anything other than you know we'll see how many snaps he gets. Other than one of the guys who benefits from playing with Javon Hargrave and Nick Bosa. Well, to me, they they looked at it pretty simple. Like we think Randy Gregory is better than Kerry Hyder because they cut Kerry Hyder. Yeah. And listen, I would imagine just in a vacuum, clearly Kerry Hyder's pretty well liked guy, right? Just is no issue, doesn't have to play that much, right? But from a character work ethic standpoint, immediately signs with the Texans, who I would say Casario and D'Amico are pretty high standards with character. 49ers really liked him. Seattle liked him. So I, I'm just saying, like, are you getting a huge upgrade at this point in time for the potential character risk? It's just risky what you have going on. It's one thing in the draft, like what the Eagles did. Because I think the moment all those guys, and you hear their clips all the time, it's like, geez, we've never seen anything like this. So as talent, like, we get it. It's on us to help corral this guy, make the right decisions, because he's so talented, he can help us all win it. What's this guy, best case scenario, five or six sacks over the course of the year? That's it's just, pretty good. He's got to keep his head on. I, I also think you have to look at the Sean Payton situation where, and this is the other, if I was going to argue with myself, like, I think a lot of people look like that's a shit show. Exactly. Like that's it's not like shot. We're not looking at it. New England now shit show. Like shit shows, guys. This is how uh, Drake Jackson was once described to me. USC was such a shit show that the negativity surrounding a lot of their players, you had to be very careful with crushing a kid. Hufunga was the rare guy rose above it. It's like. Everyone's getting fired, not winning games. Everyone's like, love Hufunga, man. Right. Hufunga, we want Hufunga. Where most of the guys, like Drake Jackson, he like, got fat, his dad's involved, he doesn't listen. Is all that true? Or is it like, are you guys kind of fucked up? Right? Because we did see Randy Gregory a couple years ago really fucking get his career rolling and be worth like a lot of money on the open market. And I think the Niners would say, hey, a couple years ago, everyone was talking shit about Arden Key. Yeah, and a couple of years ago, marijuana was illegal. Not anymore. He's, he right? pop for weed. Randy Gregory? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. to me, it's oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fourteen I games. I don't mean like, yeah, yeah. The Nebraska, but I'm talking. But I think it's more like now. It's more about because he's rich and everything. Is it like, is he yeah. a listen guy more no, than agree. like the, the weed thing? Oh yeah. I forgot, like so, somebody I forgot said, he couldn't say, he got suspended all the time. Yeah, yeah. Multiple times. And it <laughs> affected him in the draft. He actually made a comment to the media. He was like, they asked him if he visited the Niners. He kind of laughed. He's like, you know, I don't remember. I went on 29 visits. Everyone wanted to talk to me. <laughs> like, you know, there was a red flag. He said he fell asleep in the airport before the Raider visit. He's like, I was a different guy back then. I maybe missed a flight or something. I couldn't quite figure out what he meant. But when I bring up Randy, it, to me, it's not about the weed. It's about the story I heard about Denver, him not working hard in training camp. But to your point, should I blindly take Sean Payton's side on that? No. Well, Sean Payton in the right frame of mind right now? No. I, I also, texted him. I, to Sean, right? He was expensive to Sean. He stands in Sean's way of doing other stuff. Doesn't stand in yeah. the Niners' way of doing anything. 
financially. Yeah, t- 100%. So I, I, I uh, was texting with a buddy who would know, spend some time with the Patriots, and I said, well, how would you rank the miserable rankings of the buildings? And he's like, this was after the Raiders won Monday night. He's like, trust me, the Raiders building has not been a fun place over the last, you know, since Josh and Ziegler got there. It's not a positive place. But we, we did Belichick. We did the Panthers with Tepper roaming around. And we did the Broncos. And he said, in his mind, he wouldn't even think it was close. He'd put the Broncos one. Because he's like, championship years, Bill's not Mr. fucking Howdy Doody. You know, happy-go-lucky, smiling all the time. Bill's naturally curmudgeon. But the edginess of Sean in that place is is bad. I, I think there's some toxicity in that building yeah. right now. I think you're right. And guys like Randy I, I, Gregory, you're right. don't, it's hard for, to like rise above it. I remember hearing that Sean Payton yelled at General Payton about getting Randy Gregory out more than a month, like several months ago, based on the training camp performance. If you uh, had to guess. So that's, that's what you're bringing in. But again, like we see it all the time. Situations, this is the debate with quarterbacks and systems. And I heard Orlovsky say today, you know, every every great quarterback is a system quarterback. I'm not going to get into that debate, but the point is like it applies to every position. Players get if I said to you like, "Okay, John, I got a coach here who is saying he wants a shot to work with Randy Gregory." You'd go, "Okay, which coach?" And I say Chris Kasarek, and you go, "Okay, I'm more likely to buy a Chris Kasarek recommendation, right?" Like that is part of this. Is you you bet on Chris Kasarek when it comes to players. Do you know what's so stupid, though? What? Michael and Kobe thrived in the triangle. Steph Curry thrives in a motion offense. Like, obviously, of course, star players are more talented than other people. But if you put them in the right situation, you could find the most creative human alive. But if he doesn't have the resources, he can't make the fucking iPhone. You link that guy up with Steve Jobs or Tim Cook, who knows what, or Bezos or whatever, could be off and running. You give Steve Kerr, Steph Curry, it, it went to a whole nother level. You gave Phil, Michael Jordan, and Kobe Bryant, he unlocked untapped potential of winning. Because ultimately, th- th- there's a, a two-prong part to sports. Yeah. Producing and then winning. Right? The best, like you can produce and be James Harden or Russell Westbrook or whoever, but can you produce and then turn that into winning? Like what Bryce does, what Joker does, what all the top quarterbacks do. That's what matters, right? <laughs> it's just, we, yeah, I mean, Michael Marino had a lot of years throwing a lot of touchdowns, missing the playoffs. Right. It wasn't his fault. MJ was scoring 30 points a game, not winning championships before Phil showed up. Kobe had some years when Phil left. I remember scoring a lot of points. Can't play with these guys. <laughs> what was, what was the Mitch. line? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mitch, get me some players. By the way, I, I am not a fan of the like Orlovsky. So, like, the second some analyst gives you Orlovsky, you know, gives you some take you don't like, oh, guy sucks. I, I'm so, I don't, you're not going to, I'm not going to pile on Orlovsky just generally. I think he does his work. Whatever. I don't care. I do vehemently, adamantly. Disagree with this take about Mac Jones, though. Same, but I'm just saying, like, what always happens is everyone you like an analyst until he has a take you don't like, and then it invalidates every other opinion. I agree with you on that. 
but I think people go a little overboard in protecting Brock, getting butt hurt on Brock's behalf. I, I think that the bottom. one viral take in of the last the debate is over. I don't want to hear it about Brock anymore. Okay, yeah, eleven games in, the debate is over. Sure, fine. Yeah, I, I do think the one that. take that really reignited the flame was the Mac Jones take within the last week. Yeah, I know. I know. Like th- that, that's a legit take. That I, I'm sorry, like people are allowed to. I'm with you. Like it doesn't discredit anything the guy says, but you're gonna have a take like that about. And I think it's the player that he chose. To me, if he chooses yeah. another yeah. player, it's not as crazy. That's that's close to the sun, guy. People don't like that name. I agree. And, I know. And, and and everyone that didn't like that name has been validated. Has been validated. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. like all the validation for the people that thought Trey Lance was a star a month ago have just gone completely silent. It's not over yet, John. <laughs> it's not over yet. Where did they go? Where did they go? What do they tell their friends when they sit down and they watch the game? Do they celebrate? I'm so fascinated by these humans. Do they celebrate? Do they just pretend they never said any of Do they scrub their Twitter accounts? I think they've gone into take hibernation. Privately, silently, you see a couple just wait until he gets a shot in Dallas. You know, I've seen a couple of those takes. Just wait. I mean, again, in YouTube comments, which I love the YouTube comments. Uh, But... Yeah, I think people have pretty much. Given Do you up think on there's that. any chance? Let's say Dak just unravels this year, has a terrible year, and they move on from that. Trey Lance could be the starter for the Dallas Cowboys no. in 2024. No, no. Here's another example, a better example. I'm talking about somebody on the stream says a Purdy rhymes with Turdy. Like Florio had that. It's not. I, I I never brought it up. I don't want. Now that I've brought it up, I want to be over in five seconds. It's not a real. It was. It's not a real opinion. It's just not even. I don't, I don't know. Good. I don't know what you guys. Are it's talking not about. even worth discussing. Florio said Purdy's name is not a real quarterback name, and and people reacted to it. Like it's not a real. It's not a real take. It's just not even worth having a conversation about. But it doesn't. The mean last name is not, doesn't sound like a quarterback. Yeah, I guess. I, but he was he was trying to be funny. It wasn't funny. But it also was not a real opinion. Like some of these. Well, do you believe like, in face symmetry opinions. for quarterbacks? Well, what does the data say? I mean, if the data tells me I should believe in it, then maybe I believe in it. I, I used to have one of those scouts who might still be in the league was adamant that, uh, you know, the guys that Billy fired in the movie where you could just look at the face and see, does he look like a quarterback? Yeah. And those guys weren't. It doesn't mean necessarily good. It doesn't mean good looking. Obviously, yeah. you know, Peyton is not the best looking guy. That's the like symmetry of the face. Yeah. I. I forget the exact details of the way that he looked at it, but he gave some examples. He was dead on of guys that didn't have it were sucked. Peyton Manning face symmetry. I'm not getting anything on that. I did. I did though. Pull up the photo for those of you listening. You're going to miss it of uh, Jim Schwartz and Jim Harbaugh post uh, handshake in in Detroit several years ago with Bob Lang right in the mix. Vernon Davis. Schwartz running away. Is is he's getting like pushed away and Jim's kind of following him. Yeah. Jim had some big khakis on right there, didn't he? <laughs> he did. He really did, man. Jim, when I see Jim... Is that, Dan, this, is that Dan Beckler in the middle? I don't think... No, that's not Dan. No, that's like a... Trainer, I don't even know who that is. Um, Jim, when I see Jim now at Michigan, I don't know if you feel this way. I feel like he's 25 years older than he was when he was the Niners coach. Have you checked out the movie Reptile 
on Netflix with Justin no. Timberlake? No. It's like kind of a murder mystery. I, I only made it through 30 minutes without falling asleep, but it's it'd probably be a good watch if you're bored over the next month. You know, Benicio del Toro. It's got During some Sunday power. Night Football this week. It's got some it's got some power hitters in it. But you're just looking at Timberlake and you're like, he doesn't look like the twenty five year old guy in sync anymore. And then you realize he's probably forty five years old, you know? Yeah, that there's w- just an there's an age to these guys. Yeah. Harbaugh Harbaugh looks about five years away from just kind of looking like a grandpa. Part of it's the glasses that are heavy magnification, maybe. But he's well, he's, he's, looks, he's, he's, he's lost some weight. Yeah, he's lost some weight, which I think the the face, the wrinkles on the face, he looks. He's a he's fifty nine. He's a weathered fifty nine sixty year old. He's he's weathered. Did you see the quotes from PJ Fleck after the game? No. He said, "I I don't know. I forget the final score. Forty two to seven, or I beat the shit out of him." He said, in all my years coaching, that's the best team I've ever placed wow. on film and then in reality. He's like, they are too deep at every position with studs. They have impact players all over the place, and they are better than I thought. Like The way he talked about them, and obviously he's been in the conference a decent amount of time, right? He's played Ohio State. He said it's the best team he's ever coached against. And I, I'm starting to believe, <laughs> it, what if they really are just the best team and they roll? I hope I'm rooting for him. Uh, John, we should have done a uh, we should have given a toast to to uh, John Lynch. Now, I I love aggregation; it helps us find stories. But um, I love to know the source on some of these. Did you see that? Is this a real story? Did you see this story today? I saw it in my timeline. Forty Nine er edits uh, is the uh, Twitter handle. Jay Glazer says that John Lynch once drank thirty four mai tais and still walked away just fine. He says that he once tried to drink as many mai tais and didn't end well. He called John Lynch a Hall of Fame drinker. Now, I don't know where this is from, so somebody who knows where it's from, if it's real, let us know. Uh, I definitely buy that John Lynch is a Hall of Fame drinker. 34 Mai Tais, sounds like it might have been at the Pro Bowl, I don't know, is an outrageous, outrageous number. But I did catch a clip on my feed the other day of Warren Sapp talking about how he used to party. <laughs> and he like, me and my boys, and he mentioned Lynch. So, you know, those guys back in Tampa in the day probably could get after it. Are you buying the story? Thirty-four Mai Tais, John Lynch. You're, you're right. It probably would have been Hawaiian Pro Bowl, right? You're in Hawaii because their Mai Tais are really the only place you're going to go to a Mai Tai, right? Is going to be Hawaii or Bahamas, which makes sense. John Lynch going to Pro Bowls. It feels high from the sense of are you going to drink that many fruity drinks? Feels high from the sense of it's thirty-four. <laughs> Yeah, it feels unlikely. Feels unlikely. Over at a pool, I, I could see fifteen, and for a big guy, thirty-four is a lot. Yeah, Sports Illustrated. Oh, somebody said that's where it's from. It's just the 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 the, the sugars and stuff. You can only drink so many of those drinks. Though at Hawaii Monkey Pod, they they do taste pretty good. <laughs> you but know, I, I if find you just went to a random restaurant too. and got a mai tai, it'd be mm-hmm. hard. I find it harder to consume in Hawaii. The the temp the humidity or whatever makes me I'd eat less food in Hawaii. At just thirty four now, you know my body. John Lynch. We're talking about two different body types here. So John Lynch is a big motherfucker. (laughs) He's so big, dude. 
Warren Sapp, I saw some clip of him screaming at some chick on a plane. It's like, what? What is this guy doing? Yeah, well, the the, the one I saw was him telling uh, Keyshawn. Uh, one of them was telling one of them, keep my name out of your mouth or something. I couldn't yeah, keep key, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you forget about just the beefs back in the day. Like, was Keyshawn a Terrell Owens-like malcontent? Because he was definitely kicked off a couple teams, but then he also went to a team and helped them offensively when Tampa was desperate for offensive play. You just get so far removed, and now you just see Keyshawn kind of acting normal. It's just announced, like, are, weren't you a crazy guy that didn't listen to anybody? Or well, the NBA stuff like that too, you know? You, you have no clue. And the farther you get away, you're just like, didn't you demand to get traded 17 times? Um, all right, we got uh, what Oregon U Dub this weekend. Who do you like big football game? I like Oregon because uh, of their defense. But I mean, not when I, I say it, I mean, it, you're it, making me pick. I'll pick. But if they win that game, they should. I mean, at worst, be the number two team in the country. You go on the road and beat this team like that would be. If you want yeah, to, yeah, I mean, you could argue o- Oklahoma. You know the game they played last week, but yeah. You see the clip? You, they did an Oregon level like seven minute video. I wonder if this game should at least be number three. I, I, at minimum, I would say that. Be very, very high. Did you see the seven minute video that Oklahoma put out? Kind of Oregon version y of no. Colorado type deal. Did it have like this Texas guy, walking in it? It just had the whole thing. It had the start of the week for like the McAfee's and like Barstool and everyone just talking shit about Oklahoma to like the preparation to the pregame speech mm. and like the leader I was texting with Drew, the guy that gave this speech, he's like, he is Drew Hill, Oklahoma football. Him. Yeah. He's like their team captain on defense. You don't see him. You just kind of see, they don't have the camera on them. It's, it's hard to even describe. You can just hear him talking okay, I'll watch and he it. just given this, you know, we, I guess for all, they came back early in uh winter break and every time, every workout, they would do 49 medicine ball. If you were ever doing medicine balls, it was always 49 because they got beat 49 to nothing. And he just, this guy's giving this impassioned speech about how we're going to take it to them. And he's like, and he ended it with at Oklahoma, we fear God at Texas. They fear Oklahoma. <laughs> and then he's like, let's go boy. And then they just goes into the montage That's of the game. To ending. It was just, it's just an all time great line. I saw him being interviewed on McAfee. He's like, I, it just kind of came to me. I didn't have it. Like, I didn't – it just kind of was flowing. Jim Nance is <laughs> and, jealous. Uh, yeah. I, the problem, and I think like this game, Oklahoma, the Big 12, like the Pac-12, they no longer have the divisions. Right. So, you're, you could – this could be – you get a rematch. Right. And th- that's where I question the second game technically holds more weight. But it's like – and I get it, neutral site – uh, the Pac-12 would be in Vegas, right? Yep. And the Big 12's at Jerry's Palace, so you know it's like well, you have a, I, I think game. it's so much better. I like it. I wish they'd gone divisionless sooner because what's great about it is it keeps more teams in the mix later, and the loser of this of uh, the Oregon Washington game can still get back, can still win the championship, can still be a one loss Pac-12 champion. Like I think that's awesome, you know. No, I'm not against it. I'm just saying oh, okay. that it uh, 
it feels like if Texas, if they both run the table, for example, we'll have to see how this game plays out. And Texas wins that game, like Texas would get in because the Alabama win and Oklahoma right, win. Right. You're saying if they're both one loss, each loss to each other once, the champion, yeah, yeah the league champion, yeah. I see At least saying. with this, you know, if, if Oregon were to beat Washington and then Washington starts knocking off USC, knocks off, and then they beat Oregon again, it's like I kind of get it. The, well, Utah, the Big 12 conference is terrible. You know, is, is the USC line is pretty small. Um, Two and a half. They're Notre favorite. Dame. I mean, they're the underdog. <laughs> At Notre Dame, yeah. I like SC that game. I don't think Notre Dame can score with them. I know they don't stop anybody, but. I know this. Notre Dame better start winning some games because they lost to Louisville. They lost Ohio State. You lose to USC. They play Clemson later this year. All of a sudden, you're going to look up. He's going to be 8-4. and four. Like, that's hot seat territory. It is. After he was kind of already on the hot seat. Especially if, like, USC beats him by double digits. He just got his ass kicked by Louisville. And what if SC goes on to lose, like, two games? That's, that's how yeah, it he, always is. Is he going to go to Clemson and win? Probably not. Yeah. But also SC, I, did you see the clip of Lincoln kind of getting defensive? How, how do you say his guy's last name? Grinch? Alex Grinch? Grinch, yeah. Kind of getting defensive, like you guys were just waiting for a shitty spot. Well, I didn't know if it was like Garinch or Grinch. I, I just, I felt like I was saying it wrong. Alex oh. Grinch. Yeah. But it's just, come on, Lincoln. Like this isn't, no one out to get it. We're just watching the games and it's just the same shit over and over. No one's out to get your defensive coordinator. He's like, I knew this was going to happen. First sign of adversity. Everyone was bound to jump. It's like, no, man. They're just watching your team play and give up point after point after point. No one's just pulling. No one's making any of this up. I like Lincoln a lot, but his tactics with the media and what he attacks and what he doesn't, to me, is like he doesn't feel like some Oklahoma to USC $100 million coach all the time. He kind of gets back to like his roots at Texas Tech. It's like this little chip on his shoulder. It's like, Lincoln... What are we talking about? And I'm not asking him to be like, listen, if this doesn't get if this doesn't get fixed, he's a gunner. Like I understand you're not going to say that, but just 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 keep it like Belichick. We got to get better on defense. We'll do everything we have to do in practice. But he's like attacking us. Yes. Mm. Like no one's I making any it, of this up. It it has not looked good. Enough. And he wasn't that angry, but he was just he was just saying that. You know, of course you guys are going to pin it. If we don't miss a field goal, put them in oh, a bad right, spot. Right. It's like, Lincoln, stop making no, – no one's – this isn't that complicated. I mean, down 17 to nothing in that game in a quarter and a half, basically. Right? I mean, your defense is pretty terrible, Lincoln. It really is. They're better, though. They are better than they were last year. Which it doesn't feel like much. that much. Well, they're, they're, they went from like 125th in yards per play to like 80th. So better doesn't mean good. Yeah, to me, but, I think but that's better. like I think the nerdy Farhan. You got to dive deep. I just think the casual guy, USC fan watching no, I, on TV, I, you look not, small. They're running on you. Well, yeah, your corners stink. That's true. I do think they, to me, they look better than they did last year because they couldn't tackle at all last year. I think they tackle a little better this year. I think they have a little more time. Like Mason Cobb, the linebacker 13, like he's a little better than what they had last year. So I think in that, from that standpoint, to me, they look a little better. They're not taking it away at a crazy rate. Remember, they took it away at a crazy rate and still didn't look good last year. I'm not I'm not defending it. I'm not saying they look good. I just don't know why he can't recruit and just maybe just doesn't know what they look like. Just a couple guys that look like that guy's going to be a starting safety and starting middle linebacker in the NFL. I mean, ultimately, you need 
to get the like part of it might be that you need like a badass defensive coach to get badass defensive players. Well, I had forgotten. I was thinking about this the other day. Obviously, Mike Leach is his mentor. RIP. Wasn't Grinch Mike Leach's kind of big hire back in the day? So the yeah. connection there. It's not like this State. is a totally random coach, right? Yeah. It's all connected. Then he, remember to then he went to Ohio State and was like a co to be co coordinator. Was a weird deal. Then he went to. Oklahoma. He had a lot of hype. He had a lot of hype behind him. It's, he did. You know, this wasn't just but, made out of thin air. But when he left Washington State, Washington State's defense was really good the next year after he left. Also, actually, they were a little better. Um, with a guy Tracy Clay's. I don't know if you remember him, but he was he'd come from like Minnesota, I think. But when they lost Grinch, they did not take a step back defensively at Washington State, and I think that was the Minshew year. The Minshew year was the year after Grinch left Wazoo. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I am sure that their defense was just as good the year after he left. So I, you know, some of these guys remember Wilcox went to USC with Sark slash Clay, and it just was. Yeah, he went to Wisconsin. He he went to a lot of places. But they, I remember him being USC and it not being pretty. Yeah, bad fit. But I just mean it just didn't. Kind of like this is just not really working. You're not recruiting the right guy. But like the thing with Justin is like I think Justin's pretty well established as a good defensive coach. Like his teams when he's a head coach are good on defense. I agree. I think he's more proven than Alex Grinch. I, the guy right now, UCLA's defense is fucking legit with Anthony Lynn's son. So, I think do they have Ken Norton Jr. on the staff too? They do. Yeah. We can laugh at it all we want. Ken Norton Jr. was Pete Carroll's right hand guy at USC, right. and he's not their. DC, I mean, Ken, he's just on their staff. I would say adding Ken Norton Jr. to your coaching staff in college, and he's not your defensive coordinator, is a pretty high level guy to have around. Yeah. You don't think that guy can walk in and recruit? Right. I haven't honestly watched UCLA that much beside a little bit of the Utah game. Do they look physically bigger than USC? Um, They definitely look more disruptive. I don't know if they look physically bigger. I just, but they definitely feel more disruptive. They feel more physical. And they did last year. Like they were a physical defense last year. Yeah. So Chip, physical guy. They got, they got a big game this week. They beat Oregon State. Chip is just for a guy that's lived in L.A. He loves the run, time. John. He loves the run. He just, I mean, he he ain't hitting many hikes or anything. That guy, that guy just. All ball all the time. He, he, he likes to eat and he likes to booze. I'll tell you that much. Somebody asked who's better, Bo Nix or Michael Penix. I, I'm going with Penix. What time is that game? Noon? Noon. 12 ABC, ABC, college That's game day will be there six a.m. That's a good one. That's and then uh, we're recording this before Thursday night. Uh, Thursday night football. I enjoy watching the Broncos personally. Oh, I do. I'm excited for this. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging. That's it. I, I think two two teams. I usually hate bad football. It's hard to argue that the Broncos and the Patriots implosion are not just fascinating things. They are. I find the I would rate if you said watch one of these teams play the Chiefs tonight. Give me the Broncos. Mac Jones is just. I don't want to. I don't want to watch the Patriots play. I just want them to get destroyed, and then I want to just see everything around it. Right. I actually enjoy watching Sean Payton and Russell Wilson try and figure it out and not figure it out. I like I like watching Denver. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, it's just fascinating. NFL, so. man, those Thursday night games, all of a sudden you're just, you're just unraveling, and they're just like, yeah, we're playing Thursday night against Mahomes. 
just you don't come up for air. No chance. Sorry. <laughs> no. Mile high. <gasps> Where's that game tonight? I think oh. it's in Kansas City. I okay. think. Not that's not good. No. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging. We'll see you on Sunday. Later. Later. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.